Thank you for joining us for this episode of the IPI Policy Basics Podcast. Today's topic is Not All Tax Cuts Are Created Equal. We're coming to you today from the studios of Salem Media Group in Dallas, Texas. I'm Tom Giovanetti, the president of the Institute for Policy Innovation. With our IPI Policy Basics Podcast, we're building an audio library on basic policy concepts and topics for those who want to learn and understand how to think about policy, or for those who may need to get up to speed on a particular issue. And today I'm joined again by our resident scholar, Dr. Merrill Matthews. And today, Dr. Matthews, we're going to talk about how not all tax cuts are created equal. And they're not, Tom, because, you know, there's a lot of discussion about tax cuts And there has been for decades. You know, George Bush passed a couple of tax Mm -hmm. cut measures in his presidency. And when you're talking about tax cuts, you have to ask the question, what are we cutting? Mm -hmm. Because some are more pro-growth for the economy than others. For instance, during some of the George Bush tax cuts, they wanted to provide some tax breaks for parents with children, Mm -hmm. uh, a tax credit or a tax break, something of that nature. And uh, and. It was argued that that will help stimulate the economy. That helps the family, but it doesn't actually do that much for the economy. Right. Whereas some tax cuts actually do a lot to stimulate the economy. And IPI published a paper back in 2001 that looked at that. And even though it's an older paper, 20 years now, the basic elements of it are the same today as they were then. So what we found in that paper was that the most growth inspiring the most growth-stimulating tax cut that you could do is capital gains. And so if you cut capital gains taxes, you actually get more bang for the buck in the the tax cut uh, reduction than you would if you do some others. Mm -hmm. That's important because we're having a discussion right now about which taxes to increase or decrease. Democrats would like to increase the capital gains tax. That's actually the opposite of what you want to do if you want to try to have a strong economy. That's exactly right. And let's talk about why that is, because there are, you know, there are taxes that directly impact investment. Mm -hmm. There are taxes that like indirectly impact investment. And then there are taxes really that don't have anything to do with investment whatsoever. So for instance, you know, we have, uh, we have both federal and state taxes on cigarettes, Mm -hmm. right? Well, you can raise or lower that tax trying to affect sort of consumption of the cigarettes, but no one would ever say, if we lower the tax on cigarettes, somehow that will help economic growth, right? Because right. it's obvious that that really has nothing to do with economic growth. On the other hand, if you were to be able to target a particular kind of tax cut and the only way a business could get it would be by going out and building a new building or hiring new employees or something like that, then you would say that sort of directly encourages economic growth. And so the degree to which a tax cut is going to help stimulate the economy is going to be based on the degree to which it affects investment Mm -hmm. rather than just simply consumption. And we've seen both Republicans and Democrats over the years sort of make this mistake. They say, well, we want to stimulate the economy, so we want to put more money in people's pockets. Right. Right. Well, we're all happy to have more money in our pockets. Okay. But me having more money in my pocket to go out and, and, and buy some more fast food is not really going to have the kind of impact on the economy that cutting the capital gains tax is going to have. Because when you cut the capital gains tax, you're directly encouraging investors to do more investing because the, they will have an opportunity to make more profit. 
And I would suggest that the biggest difference, biggest philosophical difference here between the left and and even some people on the right and those of us who think tax cuts that encourage investment, the biggest philosophical difference is they want to put money in people's pockets and they'll argue that they'll take that money and they'll go out and spend the economy and so forth. Mm -hmm. And that boosts things. But that doesn't encourage people to go out and invest. That's right. And that's the big difference here. And what what we would argue is that the best tax cut is the one that encourages investment. Cutting the capital capital gains rate is one of those. Democrats right now are looking at trying to increase it. The second we had on there was uh, depreciation reform, which they had in Mm -hmm. the 2017 tax cut. Yes, absolutely. So the idea of these sort of taxes that affect investment is if you have a very, very high tax rate on investment, it's like, what's the point of investing, right? Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm only going to get to keep a small portion of my profits, what's the point? But if I can keep a larger portion of my profits, I have an incentive to put more money to work and make more investment. And so that's what the capital gains tax cut has in common with an investment tax credit as well, is that if your investment is successful, you actually have the possibility of keeping more of your own money. And so you have more of an incentive to do that. And, you know, when you talk about these different kinds of tax cuts, it occurs to me that people have different reasons for wanting to monkey around with tax policy. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you know, we talk about taxes almost exclusively from the standpoint of wanting to stimulate economic growth. Right. And so we would focus on tax changes in tax policy that affects investment. There are other people out there who want to monkey around with the tax code just to make it more fair. And so they say, I want to raise the capital gains tax because I want to make the wealthy pay more than they do. And if that's your primary goal, you can make the wealthy pay more taxes if you want to by raising the capital gains tax. But you shouldn't delude yourself into thinking somehow, and that's also going to help grow the economy because it's not. And it may not actually bring in more revenue because they may not make those investments then. That's exactly right. And and to your point, the other way that you say that people would talk about that is we're going to provide a tax break to family with kids. Yep. And one of the things that they've been trying to do is increase the child uh, tax credit. Yep. That is a tax break. And I and I, see, I would call that like the third the third reason people monkey around with taxes. Right. right. So like so like one would be to try to stimulate economic growth. Mm-hmm. One would be to try to make the wealthy pay more. And then the third you would say is to try to help people. Right. Right. And, you know, trying to help people is a great idea. Trying to stimulate economic growth is a great idea. I'm not sure just trying to make the wealthy pay more is a great idea. But I think when you're when you're playing around with taxes, you should be really clear about what your goals are. And too often what we hear, especially from 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 Democrats and progressives who want to raise taxes, is that somehow raising taxes on the wealthy will both help people make the wealthy pay their pay their fair share and grow the economy. And it's not going to. I mean, you know, it's sort of like pick your goal, right? And if, but don't delude yourself into thinking that if we raise taxes on the wealthy or that we just try to put more money in people's pockets and somehow that's going to stimulate more economic growth because it's not. Now, another one on our list, high on our list of how you get the most bang for the tax cut uh, buck mm-hmm. was the corporate tax rate cut, right, exactly. which we did in 2017. Now, it had been, what, 39.6, I mm-hmm. believe. Yep. We, uh, we cut it down to 21%. And most of us at the time thought, well, if we could get it cut to 28%, that would be great. Yeah. It got t- cut to 21%. Yep. Very few people thought we'd actually go that low. And ideally, if you were going to do anything on this, you might actually lower it a little more because right now we're about even with where the European Union is 
uh, across the board on their corporate tax rates. If you want to make us even more competitive and produce even stronger economic growth, you might bump it down to 15%, which is where uh, Donald Trump had proposed initially. Exactly. And I should mention that we're recording this podcast in October of 2021. And just recently, we have gotten data from the Treasury informing us that even though we had that drastic of a corporate rate cut in 2017, corporate tax revenues right now are higher than they were before the tax cut. So it sort of proves this point that if you target your tax cuts at growing the economy, which the, which that drastic corporate rate cut was targeted toward, it can actually grow the economy and that can actually result in more revenue coming into the government rather than less. But now you have this phenomenon where the Biden administration is advocating raising the capital gains tax. Mm-hmm. raising the corporate tax rate and raising the individual, rate. raising the individual rate and this global minimum tax, mm-hmm. right? Which is essentially sort of a, a cabal of countries all getting together and saying, let's stop competing with each other on tax policy. And that's a really big issue because yes, it is. I think more than a hundred countries now, I, it wasn't entirely clear to me how many would sign on more than a hundred have signed on. And what was reported recently was that Ireland has decided to go along with it. Mm. We'll see. But uh, they have, I think, about a 12.5% uh, corporate tax rate, which made them very attractive for other countries to sort of, or companies in other countries to sort of put their headquarters there so that they get the lower corporate tax rate. Mm-hmm. Because companies have to compete against other companies. If you've got companies in areas with low tax rates, it gives them something of a financial advantage because they have to pay a lower tax rate. Mm-hmm. And so companies were looking at that. Um, now, if if Ireland decides to sign on to that, that's going to be a little bit of a problem for some countries. But, you know, once we did the corporate tax rate cut, companies started moving back to, to the U.S. Exactly corporate right. inversions, we weren't hearing about those anymore. That's right. And you had Barack Obama as president was out scolding companies for uh, inverting in other uh, with other countries to try to get that lower corporate tax rate, mm-hmm. he had a, he he was going to try to impose penalties. Donald Trump actually used a carrot to attract these companies to bring them back. So the whole point of a global minimum tax is essentially a conspiracy by a number of these countries to say, let's not compete with each other anymore on taxes. Let's, let's not lower our taxes anymore. And I should point out that if a bunch of companies in the private sector got together and made an agreement like that, that would be illegal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so it's essentially an arrangement to remove the competitive pressure on countries to keep their taxes low. And so if you accept the sort of framework that we're talking about here, that taxes that reduce the tax rate on investment tend to encourage economic growth. If you have any kind of a framework that makes it harder to cut those kinds of taxes, you're going to have less economic growth and you're going to have the result being the United States experiencing the same kind of economic stagnation that a lot of these European countries have been experiencing for the last 40 years. In that 2001 study, one of the, uh, one of the tax cuts that we found did the least to stimulate economic growth was a payroll tax cut. Right. Now that that goes back to the issue of that like that's like a child tax credit or other things. Mm-hmm. If I have a payroll tax cut, that puts leaves a little more money in my pocket because I'm spent sending less to the federal government. And so maybe I go out to dinner or maybe I go to a movie or something of that nature, 
but I don't really go out and invest that money. Right. Uh, and that's why you don't get a lot of economic growth from that. So occasionally we have this issue coming up of let's uh, let's reduce the payroll tax. That can help some people a little bit, but it doesn't actually create the incentive for companies to invest. That's exactly right. Um, you know, I, I think I'd have to say that any tax cut's a good tax cut, but that isn't really the question. But some are better than others. But some are better than others. Not all tax cuts are created equal, and not all tax cuts are going to accomplish the same thing. Now, I don't want to nerd out too much on this, but on the other hand, this is a policy basics podcast, mm-hmm. right? So the reason that a payroll tax cut does not accomplish all that much is that it does not have what's called a marginal effect, okay? And so what we mean by a marginal effect is when you're changing policies to try to encourage economic growth, the question is what policy change can we make that will encourage, say, an employer to hire more people or a business to buy more equipment or build a new building? or make other kinds of investments. So immediate expensing of their equipment encouraged businesses to uh, buy equipment now because right. the way it had been right. was that they would have to uh, they would have to amortize that over several years and if you're buying computers or something it, it may be outdated in a few years it almost certainly and, is right and, and you're still taking the deduction the for that right. several years down. So the idea is you want to make a change in policy that encourages someone to do something that they would otherwise not have done. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the problem with payroll taxes is you pay payroll taxes on your first dollar of earnings. So cutting the payroll tax does not create an incentive for me to work more hours. Cutting the payroll tax is not significant enough that an employer is going to say, Oh, well, great. Well, we can go out and hire 20% more employees now. It just it doesn't have marginal effects. It's a it's it's more money in your pocket, which is great. It's a tax cut, which is great. But again, you don't want to delude yourself into thinking that a tax cut like that that has really no marginal impact is going to go a long way toward economic stimulus. So, you know, you can cut any tax of mine you want to cut, but you should really operate, you know, with what is your goal? Again, is your goal simply to help people? Is your goal to try to take more money from the wealthy or is your goal to try to grow the economy? And if your goal is to grow the economy, then let's burn through that list one more time. So like the, we thought the most impactful thing, the thing that had the most bang for its buck was capital gains tax. Right. In the two, in the 2001 study, capital mm-hmm. gains tax was the best one. Depreciation reform okay. was the second one. Uh, you had the repeal of the uh, alternative minimum tax. Right. That's a very pernicious tax that in the 2017 tax cuts, we pretty much totally got rid of. Right. And, and we don't hear about it much anymore. Then right. you have the investment tax credit. Right. So that's uh, that was a key. Then the corporate tax rate cut. And mm-hmm. we've we've done that. But now that may be pulled back yeah. and then uh, speed up other tax cuts that were set to go. That's not really, I don't think, uh, an issue right now. Right. And then, of course, the payroll tax. cut. Right. So. Um, those things that encourage investment and encourage and businesses to sort of go out and take risk because they have the ability to be able to do that, that, uh, increases growth. Those things that just give me a little, few extra dollars in my pocket. It's nice, but it doesn't actually grow the economy. That's much. right. So if, if you share our belief that investment is what drives economic growth, then when you hear a politician talking about wanting to put more money in people's pockets, it sounds good. But that is not the way to economic growth. The way to stimulate more economic growth is to encourage private sector business investment. And if that sounds like something that's not really relevant to your life, if you say, well, I'm, I'm not a business, I'm not a corporation, I'm just a working guy, 
Um, if you have an IRA, if you have a 401k, then you are an investor. You're an investor in those businesses. And what's good for those businesses, that economic growth that they can drive will end up being good for your 401k or your IRA or your retirement. So that's, you know, all of us, whether we're, whether we are a corporate fat cat or whether we own a business or whether we simply work for one, all of us have an interest in a strong growing economy that's driven by private sector business investment. Well, you can find a lot more about the relationship between tax policy and investment and economic growth at our website at IPI.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would appreciate a favorable review on iTunes or on your favorite podcast platform. You can help to sponsor these podcasts by becoming a member of our Giving Society. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time.